Hello, everyone. This is Kristen Crockett, and I'm your hostess today for the Courageous Destiny podcast, Creating Your Own Rules of Empowerment. And I am incredibly honored today to have one of my former clients in sales, good friends, and somebody I have an enormous amount of respect for, Sherry Wynn, on my show today. Sherry is an incredibly successful leadership coach, consultant, and speaker who speaks to, what, over 14,000 people at times at a crack? That is correct. Yes. And she's just incredible. She is a former Olympic champion herself. Is that correct? Former two-time Olympian. So I went to Olympics in 84 and 88. Did not win a medal. But, uh, you know, to go to the Olympics, it's, more, it's, it's easier to get struck by lightning than to actually be an Olympic participant. So I'll take that. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And I love your last name too, Win, and the name of your company, Win, the Win philosophy. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, how can we ever even compete? You know, <laughs> if we go out yeah. for the same things, we'll never, I'll just never even hold up. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, you know, I was born with the last name Win, And so it was really, it was a great name for an athlete. It was a great name for a coach and certainly a wonderful name for a speaker. So I was blessed with that name. It also came with a, you know, when I was a kid, when I was born, it, my parents put out a, put out a birth announcement and out it said, it, this is literally what it said, announcing a new member to the win starting lineup. And it goes in, it says, you know, like height, weight, and then position, it said star. That's what they put as my position, star. I had no other chance. I mean, it was like my destiny. Like what you wake up and you're like, you can be a star. Okay, step into it, go. I love that. And you did, you stepped all the way to the Olympics. And now what are you doing? What are you doing with the win philosophy? What is the win philosophy today? I know you have that. So one of my books is called Unleash the Winner Within You, a success game plan for business leadership and life. And in the book is the WIN philosophy, the W-I-N philosophy. And so it's a philosophy I talk to uh, in audiences all over, all over the United States. The W stands for widen the separator gap. And that simply means like you cannot expect to be successful if you just do the givens. And so many people do the givens and they want what the separators have. And separators are willing to do the things that nobody else is willing to do. That's the W. I stands for identify I am as your power words. Because the two most powerful words in the universe are the words I am. Whatever you say after those words becomes your truth. And N is navigate success. So uh, I hear people all the time say, well, I would have been an Olympian only if. I'm like, no, there's no only if. You would have been or not. So you navigate success. It doesn't happen to you. You can't just go, well, I would have been only if, if, if this would have happened. No, no, no. You, if you were going to do it, you're going to do it because you navigate it. It doesn't happen to you. You navigate success. Oh, I love that. I love that. I like to say it too. Like, like when somebody says, well, in reality, I'm not able to have this. I'm like, well, in reality, you create your own reality. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> And of course, so in reality, you're, you're living the life that you're creating. So what reality are you talking about? Yes. Yeah. I love what you said about set. What, how did it was separatist separator. So I talk about separator. the separator gap. And so if you want to be a separator, you have to do the things that nobody else is willing to do. And most people just do the givens, right. And they want what the separators have. So they sit there and they blame and they find excuses for why they're not, you know, that person but they're not doing the things 
that the people who separate themselves from the crowd do. So what have you done and what have you coached people to do to help separate themselves? You know, I, I think that's a great question, Kristen. I love this. I love this. I love this. Because everybody thinks it's like all these other external things you have to work on. And yes, guaranteed there are some. But I think the number one thing, and you and I were talking about this, the number one thing is unconditional self-love, mm-hmm. which I think is a lifelong quest, by the way. I don't know that a lot of people ever reach it. We're so self-judgmental. We like to beat ourselves up. We always find something we should be doing better. We could do better. I'm not enough. This is the language that we use. And so the only way that I know to get to that happy place is to love yourself. And that makes you the person who's better at giving and leading and offering to others. Because if you don't love yourself, you can only give what you have. And you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have love, it's pretty hard to stand around to give to other people. You know, I can't agree more. I have a, I remember a few years back, I did this, I did this speech at a networking event and it was one of these networking events for women and it was dare to love yourself first. And Mm. to me, it was, I think I even told you at one point when I first heard self-love, that was like, I had no idea what they were talking about. My mind went to a dirty place. It was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and as, as I kept hearing the term and I kept hearing the term, and I remember that I was working with my coach and he goes, well, when you love yourself enough, you'll give yourself the gift of discipline. Or when you love yourself enough, you'll give yourself the gift of truly, you know, truly doing what it takes to create that result. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking about that and I'm like, well, I don't even know what self-love is to me. So I had a, I had to dare myself to do it. So I was like, I need to define it you know, I have to define oh. that thing for me because it can't be what I'm thinking in my head automatically. Right. And then I had to align action, mm-hmm. refine my definition, and then expand it. Right. And so to me, that was how I could start creating a conscious journey of it. Mm. But yeah. I loved, I loved what, I love what you said, because it is such an important part. If you don't love yourself enough, you're not going to allow even yourself to fail. Right. No, no, you can't. I mean, it, I think it ends up in some sort of dysfunctional behavior which often turns into an addiction and so we always look for the root cause but the root cause is normally inside yourself so I need to distract myself from what I think about myself so let me do this behavior let me drink let me overeat let me over exercise let me over let me gamble let me I mean all the things we do right we do these things and and then sometimes unfortunately for some people those become addictions but it all starts with this place where I'm avoiding myself. I'm, a, I'm deflecting things. I'm not living my truth, which is, look, we were, all, we were all, 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 all born to be winners. We're all born as miracles. We're all born in that place. But what we do is we forget the moment we enter this earth. We forget those things. And we start listening to the language that other people use. And we don't start defining ourselves as not enough. That's how we live most of our life. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not. And we, we lose the whole thing about self-love because you cannot, you cannot live in unworthiness and be in self-love. They are incompatible. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm coaching people too, a lot of the time, and I'm coaching them about this concept, one of the things that I see is almost like a tolerance point too. Like I can love myself up until this point, but after that, you know, no, then I got to hate myself again. (laughs) Like there's things that they can do it. There's all these rules about it. Yeah. When you really go on this journey, for me, it's like getting rid of the rules. I'm like, because there isn't like, if I look at my kids, that's the closest thing I have to unconditional love. I like to think of, I have unconditional love for them unless they don't do the dishes. Then for <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Right. We all have I think you're right. There's a tel- there's a there's a space of self-judgment mm-hmm. that prevents us because this is foreign to us. This 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 concept of immediate forgiveness is foreign to us. We don't think we deserve forgiveness. We don't believe that it can be immediate. We think we have to have a period of beating ourselves up, which takes us away from love, which also takes us away from being present for other people. So it takes us away from our job. It takes us away from being good leaders. You know, it separates us from, uh, you know, what from being a separator, right? We become a person who's incapable of giving because we're beating ourselves up and we're in this whole place. And so for, for some people, the idea of to love yourself means to forgive yourself for everything. Yes. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Even and that's hard. It is. It is hard. You know, there's there's things that it's so interesting. As I when I when I my made the leap out of corporate America to become a coach and an entrepreneur, one of the things that I had to really adjust was my self-discipline. Because I was like, yay, I've got a career that I don't have a vacation from. I'm going to go work at the pool and, you know, and stuff like that. And I was doing all these things and I wasn't getting any clients. And then I was like on this pity pot, you know, I was like, why am I not getting clients? You know, and this is like, you know, seven years ago or what have you. But I was like, why am I not getting clients? Why am I not? And it was because I wasn't, I was taking it on like it was, you know, kind of like footloose and fancy free time, you know? And then I had to really relate self-love to creating the discipline to do the work in my business because Mm -hmm. I knew I really wanted to make a difference for people. That's why I was doing it. I love the feeling of feeling fulfilled when somebody would do something that they wouldn't have already otherwise done or had the courage to do. You know, and I could be a cause for that as a coach, which to me is the biggest honor that there is. But in the beginning, I wasn't doing any of that. And then there were things that I was doing to lie to myself, you know, to at the time lie to my husband, like, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. (laughs) Like, no, I'm going out to the pool, you know, and it was (laughs) like, and I, (laughs) it sounds funny, but I'm like, I really had to forgive myself for all that stuff because this went on for like a year or two and I got myself in a really big financial pickle, you know. Mm a real big financial pickle. And it was all my fault. Right. Sure. And I knew it was, I mean, I knew I created the whole thing and then I had to, I had to start taking steps to create the reality I actually wanted. Right. You right. know, but 
I did have to forgive myself that. And that was a tough one for me to forgive because I was like, you just gave yourself a whole big, whole big part. <laughs> whole big lot of pain, whole big lot of pain, whatever that is. Yep. <laughs> whole big lot of pain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like that whole big lot of pain. Yeah. And we all do it though. I mean, you know, cause you're not unique. We all do this. We all do it in different ways. Um, and, and I think the, the whole, the, it's the concept that we can be forgiven immediately. Like we think we have to play penance. We have to, you know, we have to do X number of good acts before we're forgiven. And, you know, in unconditional love, it's, unconditional right like that's the thing that we have a hard time understanding it doesn't mean you know after you do all these good acts after you you know get on your knees and pray for so many hours after you no it means today right now this second and i think that's such a hard concept for us that we just spend too much time in self-hatred too much time which is opposite of right. what we're wanting to give you know you said you loved your clients and you want to coach and the same, and we do the same thing. We want to make an impact. We want to be influential. We want to share the the lessons and the wisdom that we learn from the you know from the lives that we led. We both have that that burning desire to offer the gift back that somebody else gave to us, and that we had to and the journey that we had to travel. And you you it's you can't be, and I'm not going to say you can't be because I know there are coaches who are, but if you're really going to show up for your clients and you're going to you're going to be able to support them in a way they can get to a better space in life. You have to, you have to be what you're talking about. Right. You can't fake it. You can't be inauthentic. You have to be vulnerable and show up as that person. Right. right. That's the big thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I was in a, a success networking group group a couple weeks back. And one of the questions was, who are you away from your clients and who are you with your clients? And I was like, well, the same, of course. Like, why would I be different? And it was really interesting because I was thinking about it because I coach a lot of people in sales and I was thinking about it. A lot of people think they need to put on a different persona. And I'm like, yeah. that's when the salesy comes in, right? Yeah. That's when the things that you don't want to be come in when you try to be something that you're not, or you try to be extra accommodating or right. extra this or extra that. But yeah. if you can just go with the truth, then you don't have to, you don't have to pretend to be anything. Right. Right. But we, but, you know, but we learn it's hard for us to be who we are because we learn there are certain things that are not acceptable. Right. So it's not acceptable to be, you know, um, uh, homosexual. It's not acceptable to be somebody who, who used to be an alcoholic or who used to be a gambler or who used to cut themselves. It's not, you know, so, so now we think we have to hide it or, right. or, you know, you're not supposed to lie. So now we have to hide our lies or, you know, we're not supposed to feel bad about ourselves. So we have to hide that. And so, you know, we, we forget, we don't even know who we are because we've hidden ourselves so much. We've worn masks so many times that we don't know what is the, who is the real me? And if you haven't really taken the time to know the real you, it's hard because you don't know who you are. I had a client who I was talking to recently. It was interesting. 32 years um, as a CEO, 32 years. And she said, you know, I said, um, you know, what, what's the biggest challenge you face? And, you know, she said myself, she said, learning to be authentic. It took me 50, until I was 52 to learn to be authentic until I was 52. And, I, and I'm not shocked by that. I'm just like, 
that's a pretty young age. (laughs) (laughs) And the most authentic thing that I can say to that is I don't even know if I am authentic. And I love that. You know, I mean, that's the most authentic thing I can ever say. It's like, I know that I feel authentic when I come from the truth and I just share the truth and I don't hide. You know, and it's really easy to hide. Oh, I hid for, you know, when I was young, this is in the 70s when I was growing up in you know high school, early 80s in college. And so back then being a lesbian was, you were sick, you were sinner. Um, you know, people made fun of you. They hated you. They thought you were going to make them sick or ill um, and all these things. And so I hid for years. I mean, years and years and years. It wasn't just a couple of years. I mean, it was, it was many years and um, it, it kind of all came to a head. It was pretty interesting. So I was coaching ball and had a scenario, which was really horrible. As some players accused me of being of sexually harassing them, which wasn't true. And it ended up being not true. You know, I was all cleared. But so I go to the lawyer and I'm with my partner at the time. And so we go to the lawyer and we're like, you know what, we've got this going on. Look, you know, we don't, we don't ever talk like we're gay. We don't, you know, we don't bring that into the office, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at us, he goes, he goes, uh, you two live together? We're like, yeah. Huh? You date men? No. Uh so you you ride to the office together yeah and you think nobody knows who you are (laughs) that's great (laughs) and so i was like wow like i've just i've i've been lying to myself about hiding like i've i've been lying to myself about hiding like it's ridiculous this is ridiculous why am i lying like i'm not hiding from anybody i'm lying i'm lying to myself Mm. about this and and pretending like nobody else knew what oh my goodness yeah so it was a long time before I was able to be authentic and to be me with um journey did you go on to do that I mean I I know we can't share your whole journey in this half hour broadcast but right what are some of the things that you did to be able to discern when you were being authentic and when you weren't, and when you were hiding, and when you weren't? Well, you know, I think this was a spiritual journey, and so, um, and I think self-awareness is spiritual, so let's just say that. They are not separate. They are the same, and um, what happened is I developed, about the same time that was going on, I developed chronic pain, so I couldn't, I I went to 17 different medical professionals and nobody could help me. So I had every test known to mankind, x-rays, CAT scans, bone scans, you name it, I had them done. And uh, none of the doctors could help me. And so I started on this journey with uh, alternative medicine. And so I went to this place and they started talking about, you know, this pain is not just physical, it's spiritual and emotional. And I'm like, you're full of bull. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why are you even saying this? Like, just give me a pill, give me a, you know, give me a surgery, fix me, blah, blah, blah. Well, it became, that was, it was a very long journey, Kristen, because um, I stuffed emotions and I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel anything. Like we stuff emotions different ways, but the way I stuffed it is I just wouldn't feel, I refused to feel. 
And so, you know, I would go back to these people and they'd work on me and then they'd go, well, let's talk about, and they'd bring up an emotion. I'd be like, no way. We are not talking about an emotion. I'm not talking about emotions. You know, like as if an emotion would kill me. Like I thought if I talked about an emotion or felt an emotion, it would kill me. And this was a long journey. This was nine years of me going back and, you know, them saying, well, you know, let's talk about, it. and I go, no. And they go, well, how's this working out for you? I'm like, it's not, would you fix me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm broken>. So <laughs> let fix me, just fix me. Like, I don't have anything to do with this. You guys do just fix it. Mm -hmm. So it was a really long journey. I mean, it was just a journey of, you know, it started, you know, with going to them, talking, having conversations, doing some of the exercises that have me do, like write down 25 people you're angry at, um, how do you use your anger? I mean, all this self-awareness stuff that was really, you know, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know I was so angry. I didn't know how I use my anger. I mean, I was just so unaware. And so the, it was a long journey of getting to better health, a long journey of learning to love myself. So, and I read books and I did the sessions with these people, you know, for, for nine years. You know, and I, I love that because it is all, to me, it is all about self-awareness, you know, and to be able to learn to create the observer, to be able to observe what you're doing and observe your thoughts, but then not judge them, you know, to capture them because it's, it, to me, it is an art form to observe yourself, you know, and it's a practice, you know, so like for me, if there's something that I'm refusing to do, or if I see a lot of resistance, that's my cue to read my own mind. Like, that's how I know to read my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm creating some bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I can't not do this thing, you know? Yeah. And for a while, I mean, it, it really, a lot of even me observing myself was how I became a speaker too, mm. because I terrified to speak on stage and well, then one day I was like well what's the best way for me to really get my message out I'm like well to speak I need to get on stage and I need to speak and I'm like no I can't do that people will think I'm stupid people will do this and then I'm like wait a minute it's none of my business what people think of me and I would I would able I was able to to observe some of those thoughts that kept me out of action so that I could do you know I could start practicing and it takes a lot of practice to be a speaker so I just practiced everywhere I could you know and I always volunteered first then too I was like I'm just gonna volunteer first because one <laughs> of my big things <laughs> everywhere I went I'm like they're like who wants to go first and I'm like I don't want to go first I don't want to go first and I'd raise my hand <laughs> but that was one of the ways that I trained myself because I knew that I wanted to hold myself back from it, yep. you know? Well, so you're right. Resistance is the thing that you have to listen to your resistance because that's the thing you yeah. most need to meet. And so when we have the resistance, we know we need to meet that. It's, it's a message. We just yeah. ignore it. You know, we're, we're, we get messages all the time that we ignore or we think, well, I don't really feel that way or that's just not really true. Or, I don't want to talk about that. And, you know, I was a master at not talking about it. I was a master at not feeling. I was a master at hiding my emotions. Um, I was a master at pretending like I was straight. I was a master at that, right? Even though most people look at me and go, so you're gay? No, 
Like, <laughs> no, of course not. Um, but it's, you know, we, we have to learn. I'm either, for me, it was like the, the message came through me through pain. Do you want to continue living this pain? And I was like, no. Well, then you have to learn. You have to learn to be authentic. You have to learn to listen to the messages that are coming to you. And I still work with a spiritual coach today. I mean, I have a spiritual coach and I had this massive headache the other day. And she's like, well, what's your, what is your headache trying to tell you? I'm like, I don't know. What is it trying to tell me? I don't know. I don't know. It's telling me it hurts. You know, and so, um, but it's really like, we don't, we don't trust ourselves to listen to the messages that we get. Right. We don't trust ourselves to take action on the messages that we get. We don't trust ourselves to feel what we feel. So, you know, some people live their whole lives and never, ever get beyond whatever it is that they came to learn. And some people get in so much pain, like I did, like you did that something has to change. Something has to change or we're not gonna survive. It was interesting when we went into lockdown, I went into a very strange place because I really became this extrovert. I had created myself into this extrovert that loved to be, you know, so I went from, I don't ever wanna to speak to all I wanna do is speak. You know, I mean, I literally did like over the course of like four years. And I'm like, I just wanna speak, I wanna speak. And then I had seven speaking engagements in February and then lockdown happened in March. Oh, wow. And I remember having this huge letdown, like, you know, and I couldn't even see Zooms. And like, I know that Zooms were out there. I was on plenty of Zooms. I, I spoke on Zooms, all those kinds of things. But it was like, I had this huge letdown. And then I just started walking. It was so strange. I started walking and walking and walking and walking. And I mean, eight, nine miles a day walking, you know, not like, <laughs> a I just started walking. And in that I injured my back. Ooh. And I herniated a disc that they said there was no way I could possibly get out of surgery and, and this and that. And I'm like, it was, it was very, humbling for me because I had been an athlete, you know, most of my, not Olympic athlete, but I was an athlete, right. And very active. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be down with this back injury and I don't want to have this be permanent now. And I had to journal into it. What it ended up being was me holding myself back, stalling. Oh, it was really all about procrastination. Yeah. That's what it was. It was about procrastination, stalling, not really stepping into my greatness, you know, not creating the way that I knew how and the way I wanted to. Right. You know, and it was interesting, but the way that I healed my back was through, I had hired a spiritual coach and a coach who was really well-versed in organic, um, organic, raw, vegan, you know, really an intuitive uh, nutritional healer. Right. And in that, I remember the intention that I said, it's like, I just want to be reborn. I've got to be reborn. <laughs> like there's no option. Like that's what I want to do in this because I was in so much pain and I couldn't even feel my leg and I was hobbling around. And, 
And it was really interesting, but that pain ended up, what I saw was that pain that was debilitating ended up being the thing that had me create one of my Courageous Destiny programs. So how I healed oh. my back emotionally became a program that I help other people really put the past in the past and be able to move forward. You know, and so I started to see, I'm like, wow, all this pain that we go through, that we shove away, that we hate so much, really guides us. Yes. Yes. But we don't want it. We don't, like you said, I mean, I think that it's very hard to come face to face with our, with our, who we are. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to listen to ourselves. It's hard to admit who we are or who we were. Um, it's hard to admit the things that we don't do well. Um, it's easier to blame. It's easier to make excuses. And most people do that, but to yeah. come face to face and say, I want to take responsibility for who I am, where I am, what's going on in my world. And it doesn't mean you don't accept help from others. You do help. You get, you get support. You go look for that support. Right. I mean, you hire coaches. I hire coaches. You know, I've hired, I mean, you were my coach to help me learn how to be a better salesperson, which thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, and, you know, and I've heard, so, so we recognize that we can, we use the support, but ultimately we're responsible for what we do with that support. Do we do something with it or do we just let it slide? I mean, what do we do with that? Or how good are we going to be with it? And it's just, it's, it's interesting that people, A, are afraid to ask for the support, like they don't want to ask for the support, or B, they get the support and won't do anything with it. You know, they right. just ignore it. You know, it's just interesting the 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 journey we have to travel. One to be able to ask, two to be able to ask and then take action, right? And three to stay on the course, right? To stay on the course of that that we know we need to listen to our bodies, listen to the messages, move forward. Like all of that's really very challenging <laughs> for us. It's not a it's not for the weak of heart. It's not for the people who want to find the easy button, but it is for the people who want to live in joy and peace and serenity. It's the people who want to, to be in touch with their emotions, to know how to feel, um, you know, joy, to really feel it, to feel like forgiven, to feel the peace of loving yourself. I mean, it's, it's well worth any of the journey that you want to take on it. It's just so well worth it. And, and we think it's just going to be too hard. It's going to be too hard. I'm not going to do it. It's going to be too hard. It's only too hard because we say it's too hard. It's too right. hard because we create a story about it. That's right. That's right. I had a, an interesting thing that happened. So I was working with these therapists, you know, for these nine years. And my stubbornness would let me move forward. And so finally, I mean, the therapist probably said this to me, you know, 3,000 times. I only heard it once. But she said, why are you so afraid to feel an emotion? And I was like, well, because if I feel an emotion, it will kill me. Like I literally thought if I felt an emotion, I would die. And she's like, um, you're not the same person you were when you were 22. You have different tools. I'm like, oh, I do. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was still thinking in the mindset of the person who was so uh, depressed and so sad all the time. And he used alcohol for, um, you know, it was my pain reliever. Like I was still thinking in my head that I was that person that I didn't have a tool set to deal with life in the current, in the current world. And it was just a story I told myself. It wasn't even true. You know, I, I love that you said that because 
it is, it's like we have these stories that we think it's going to be hard. You know, we think it's going to be hard. So it stops us from even starting. Yep. And if there's one thing I think, you know, that we could give people right now from this podcast is there's a huge value to being able to love yourself. If you want to be a true partner in life, you know, to somebody yeah. else, be a true partner to you first, love yourself enough to do that. Right. You know, it, it just, there's so many things that free you up. You know, when you have unconditional love for yourself, it's like, oh, look, well, I just fell flat on my face. Who cares? You know, how does it get back up and keep going? You know, <laughs> well, yeah, because you know what? You're not looking at everybody else to, for your self worth. Exactly. So, you know, wh what do we do when we fall down? We immediately look to see, like, who, who saw it? Who saw it? Like, oh, you know. But if you if you have self worth, it doesn't mean it doesn't care who saw it. Right. You know, you just pick yourself up and go. You don't. The other, pre, you know, how much have I lived my life based on other people's opinions of me, and I'm not in their head that long, right? I mean, I I'm not in their head that long. You, what happens is somebody says, sees me, judges me, maybe talks about me, and I'm gone. And two to five minutes, I'm out of their life. I'm already over. They're already over me because they're back to themselves. You're about them. <laughs> yeah, they're too, too busy, you know. And so we spend all our lives worried about what somebody else is thinking instead of worried about what we think about ourselves. Like we just need to tune to ourselves because we're just not that big in somebody else's life. We're just not. And I think as soon as I started realizing that, look, these people really don't think about me that long. They're really not concerned about me that long. I'm not that big. I'm not that big in their heads. It's about what I think about me. It's about aligning myself with what I, the creator that I believe in and the creator I believe in is from love. And if I align myself with that, there is no, so what if I fail? So what if I fall short, right? So what, so what, so what, so what? It's just about me getting up again and trying again. It's about, you know, pushing myself or I don't know if I like the word push. I don't even know if I like that word. Right. It's just about me aligning with power. Um, Maybe yeah, the power. power versus force. Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's a good book, right? Power versus force. It is a really good book. <laughs> it is. That was not mine. <laughs> oh. I love that though. If I could have taken that as my own, right? <laughs> no, no kidding. No kidding, no kidding, no kidding. Uh, oh, I have loved having you on my podcast and I know I can't keep you all day, but I do have two questions that I ask all my guests. Okay. So the first question is, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? You know, I would say it was at the 1988 Olympic games and, um, I was, I was, had been hired to be the assistant national te team coach after the games. And so I was really looking forward to someday being not only an Olympian, but an Olympic coach. And my coach sexually harassed me at the games. And I knew that if I told, that if I made a big deal out of it, that they would fire me from my position. I knew that they would. I had no doubt in my head. But I also knew that nobody should be able to tell me what I could or could not do with my body. Like that was not okay. And so I stood up for myself. And I knew by this action that, that some negative consequences would come my way. And they did. I mean, they, I didn't get to play. They pulled me from my very last game in the Olympics. Um, they, they did fire me from being assistant national team coach. 
my teammates did not align with me because they were more concerned about winning than, you know, doing what was right, which I understand. Like, I'm not judging them because I can understand the, the position that they were in. But it was the most courageous thing because I said to me, I love myself more. Wow. Than, than playing in the Olympic Games. I love myself more than being an Olympic coach. I am done with people abusing me. I'm done with it. And I'm not going to let it happen again. So it was very hard. It was not easy. Um, a lot of crying. But at the end, the way it made me feel about myself was I did the right thing. It was the right thing to do, without a doubt. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very, very powerful. Very powerful. Mm. Yeah. You know, to love yourself enough to take that kind of stand. You know, and to yeah. be in love with yourself. Well, I did. I did it through whiskey, so let's not, let's not give myself too much credit. <laughs> well, it's okay. We don't have to diminish it. <laughs> Sometimes no, it was. <laughs> no, it was a powerful act. It was a powerful act, and, and you know, it wasn't all whiskey. Um, it was. A, I mean, it was a powerful act to stand in front of people and say this happened, and they said you're just doing this because you want his job. And I was like, he did it before. Like he did this before to other players, and you cut them from the team. How can you say that? Like, yeah. how can you sit here and, and turn the story about this guy? So the, the, the good news was, is that he was from a different country and they didn't let him come back. They didn't necessarily fire him. They just said, you can't come back to the United States. So no other woman would ever have, you know, gotten his, you know, his use of power over them, you know? So that was something I think was very powerful that I did not only for myself, but for people that followed you know, to play in the sport that they didn't have to endure, you know, him again. Yeah. Okay. I've got one more question. Okay. What is the most courageous thing that you want to make sure you do left on your bucket list? Hmm. You know, I think, I think just really feeling my emotions. That's, um, still my challenge. I mean, I have felt more emotions. I've been more vulnerable. Uh, I still have the first tendency when something comes is to shut down and I feel the shutdown coming. And I'm like, open up, open up. It's okay. You can feel like it's still a challenge for me is to every day allow myself to feel and to let emotions come. That's still my biggest challenge. And I want to be able to, to really leave that kind of leave the valve open and not go, you know, you have to put yourself in a prison. You got to put the fortress up, like all the bars and all the, the moat and the big walls. Like, you know, I was so good at creating that. And I really just don't want to need, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to do it. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And emotion's not going to kill me. It's okay to feel. Have you ever read the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? I have. It's you a great said book, about, isn't you it? You set the valve. And so I thought you might. I, I love that book. I recommend all my listeners to read that book because to me, you know, we spend so much time living in our heads, but we have a whole nother place that's virtually unexplored, which is our hearts. And if we can learn how to truly open it up, there's nothing that can stop us in my opinion anyway. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. This has been wonderful, Kristen. It's, you know, I'm so glad that you invited me to share and um, I get to see even a deeper part deeper part of you which I love uh, and getting to experience who you are and so I say to people who are listening 
look, you know, you're, you're on a journey and there are two people here who would really help you support you, you know, on your journey. And, and Chris and I are both those individuals. And so if you're looking for something, you're stuck, you don't know where to go. You're, you feel like, man, I know there's more in me and I can't get it out. I'll just invite you to, you know, check out, you know, Kristen and, and to check out me and or if not us, please somebody. I you don't, you don't have to do it by yourself. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. You're Let me tell you where you can find me. You can find me at the winning leadership company.com. www.thewinningleadershipcompany.com. That's where you can find me. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That sales really did pay off. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To my guests or to my listeners, thank you so much for listening. Reach out to Sherry. Reach out to me, www.courageousdestiny.com. And please start the journey to love yourself. If you haven't started already, you're amazing just as you are. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. It's awesome. Oh. Oh, she took off. Guess we're done.